Destiny. How y'all doing this morning? Glory. For those that are online, we can ready to get into a time of corporate prayer this morning. So let's stand to our feet and let's worship our God as we go into a corporate prayer this morning before we start worship this morning. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father God, we come boldly to your throne in Jesus' name this morning, Father. We're grateful for another day, Father. We give you all the praise, all the glory. Before we do anything today, Father, we usher your spirit into this place, Lord. You're welcome in this place, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Fill our cups this morning. According to your word, Matthew 6.33, we're seeking the kingdom this morning, Father. Right now, Lord, each and every one, Father, right now, just hear under the sound of my voice, Father. Let them open up this morning. Lift their hands to the sky to worship our God, our Jesus, our King of kings our lord of lords and we're thankful for this morning father have your way in this service this morning father we're grateful for you father we're thankful for this time together father right now lord bless our worship this morning father have your way in this place lord have your way fill our cups this morning those that came in empty father let them leave full full of the holy spirit fill us spirit this morning father right now lord we're glorifying you father we're thankful father for this time we worship you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We're thankful for every day that we get, Father. We thank you for this time together, Father. Right now, Lord, have your way in our service this morning, Jesus. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place. We're thankful. We're grateful, Father. Hallelujah. Same praises to you, Lord. We worship you this morning, Lord. You're so holy, holy God. You're holy, holy, holy God. Worship our holy God. Let's go. Lift our hands. Lift your hands up and worship our God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, King. King of kings, our Lord and lords, the, the king of our lives. We're thankful, Father, for this time, Father. As we go into a time of worship, Father, we bless, we bless your holy name this morning, Jesus. We're thankful for this morning. We give you all the praise, all the glory belongs to you, Father. In Jesus' holy, holy name, amen.
to sing this song that talks about letting the Lord have all that we are. And the truth is, is that when we call upon Jesus and we believe on him, that we don't give him everything right away, that our brokenness is in play and bad habits are in play, and and yet we will declare anyway with our mouths that, Lord, my hope My belief, my faith is that I will let you have access to everything. And thank God that he gives us a lifetime to become more like his son, Jesus. And thank you, God, that you speak to us in our hearts. And that we speak to you in our hearts. And so, Father, we just want to sing this song unto you from our hearts, directly from there to your feet by your spirit who connects us all together. Take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours. Oh, the joy I found
personal.
already knew they'd be there, and you chose us anyway.
Be 
Yeah. Hey.
that you're with your children. You have said that you sing over us with joy. You sing over us with joy. You sing over your children with joy. You are well pleased with your children. Because we are belong to Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, you are well pleased with your children. You sing over us with joy and you quiet us with your love.
I love that because it says through it all. It doesn't say that nothing's going to happen. It says that the storms are going to come. And through the storm, when you fix your eyes on him and you cast your cares on him, it will be well. So it's through the storm. And there's people here today that need to hear that because you're in a storm. And here's the thing. The storm is just a setup to the lift up. It's a setup to lifting him up because his glory is coming. And when you're in the storm, you need to realize that he's right beside you. And, and that's when he does his best. <laughs> that's when he does his best. But the key is the key is to never stop moving. Remember the power of your words. Remember the power of your tongue to speak life and surrender to him and let his will be done in every situation you're in. Because there's people going through it. It could be anything from depression to job hunts to financial issues to relationship issues to health issues. And the whole time God is just like, look, what a setup. What a setup to watch me just show up. What a setup to watch me show up. Because he's standing by, so come on. Can we lift him up this morning? Can we tell him how much we love him this morning? Come on, we serve a great God. Come on, Father, touch us this morning. Heal us this morning, Father God. Wrap your loving arms around us, Lord. Father, we're waiting on you, God. We're here waiting on you, Lord. And Father, you're saying, I'm right here for you. So, Father, show up in a mighty way. Father, we surrender to you. Have your will, have your way in this place and in our lives. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, y'all, one more time. Let's lift up a shout of praise. Yes, come on. Woo, God is so good. What a morning. It's a great start to a great morning. Turn around, find somebody you hadn't seen in a long time and give them a high five or a holy hug or an elbow bump or something. Just love on them. We'll be right back.
Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Come on, I knew I'd get your attention. How's everybody doing? <laughs> I love our church. I love When you can stand up here and see the love that's happening out here, I don't even want to stop it, man. People hugging each other. We got people who ain't been here in a bit, and they're loving on each other. Look, we could just sat in that for a while, man. That is so good. So good. That's family, y'all, so, so I appreciate that. Come on. Uh, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Look, uh, uh, if you're new here, I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor at Destiny Church, and come on, we love our church. You guys love Destiny? Come on, I love what God's doing in this place. We love what he's doing in our families and what he's doing just, just in everything. Uh, it seems like everything he's touching right now is just becoming uh, something amazing, and I love that. So if you're watching online, man, we love you, and we thank you for tuning in online. And, and look, we are praying for you, uh, and we know God's going to move just in your house just the way he is here. But uh, I'm telling you, but if you need prayer, reach out to us, let us know, and share this link. Get it out there to everybody. We want people to, to know that God has a word for them, that God loves them. And the best way to do that sometimes is just share this on your social media. Get it out there. Let people know that there's a message just for them. So uh, if you're new to the church, and I don't mean people that, that haven't been here in a long time, but if you're new to the church, go ahead and fill out a Connect card. Uh, that'll be out. We have one out. Uh, the ushers will have them. We have them in the back. We have them on Connection Point. Um, big desk in the foyer. Let us know you came out so we can reach out to you and thank you for showing up and just pray with you and, and share a little bit about destiny with you and and that's about it we just want to if, if you don't fill it out we can't we can't reach out to you so so you do your part we'll do ours it'll be awesome um look a couple announcements uh things moving at destiny lots of good things happening all throughout the week so monday night is prayer right here at 6 p.m come on out and pray with us i'm telling you it is the foundation of who we are we are going to pray every single monday at 6 p.m show up uh our midweek service tuesday at the table is powerful it's wonderful show up for that be here on tuesdays at six everything's at six so just show up at six on any day uh your chances are you're gonna find something uh wednesdays our dsm our student ministry our children's ministry come on um get on out here drop your kids off um, and, and get them in here. They, they Look, they cannot do life. They, they need to do life with other people. They need to do life with other children and other teens. Uh, they, they cannot be stuck uh, without people that believe like they believe. So get them out here. Let them do life with some other teenagers. Uh, young adults on Friday, 6, 6 p.m. on Friday. So that's 18 to 28. Look, you're part of this. You cannot do life alone. Come on out and, and meet other adults, uh, young adults here at Destiny. And our small groups are up and running. So if you hadn't had a chance, man, we have 11 small groups running right now. Uh, it is so good. I think I, I spent four days this week in small groups. So four nights of the week, I was in small groups this week. So come on. I think five if I, if I count softball. Uh, I'm going to count it just because it gets me active. But, but I'm telling you, there, there's a small group for you. So you can find something to do every single night of the week. So whatever your schedule is, if you miss one, look, show up at something else. You have got to start doing life together. You need the prayer. You need the fellowship. You need the family. That's all part of it. Look, you, you cannot just do this all by yourself. We serve a great God, and I know he'll be with you. But, man, you need family family around you uh, to love on you, to pray for you, and, and maybe even it's for you. So if you go, well, I don't need anything. I'm strong spiritually. Get out there with other people because they need you. Okay, see, that there's a difference. Sometimes it's not about us. It's about the other people that God's going to put in your path when you show up. Okay, so we need to make sure we're taking care of everybody, but it's good. Um, come on, baptism. Look, I, I love this. This is going to be so good. We got our uh, next baptism is coming up 
on Easter Sunday, April 4th. So on Easter Sunday, we're going to baptize at Destiny Church, and I'm fired up because we already got people signed up. So if you want to get baptized, if, you, if that's something maybe you want to get rebaptized, it's been a long time, look, let us know. Sign up. It'll be on the app. It'll be online. Uh, you, should, you should get a notification on the app, but please let us know. I'm excited about this one. You know, usually Easter is try to, try to do the best you can to, to, to hurt everybody in, right? But no, we're going, we're going to take our time, let the Holy Spirit move, and, and it's Resurrection Day. It's going to be, we're going to see some people uh, just completely changed and wrecked that day. It's going to be good. So God's getting ready to just do something amazing at Destiny. So that's really awesome. So sign up for that. If you haven't downloaded our new app, please, if you have the blue app on your phone, get rid of it. It is no longer functional. You'll probably be like, well, I'm not getting any notifications. That's because it's the wrong one, okay? Take a picture of that. They have it out. Um, we have it out on the, the, the connection point, the big desk in the foyer. Take a picture of that one. You can take a snapshot of it with your phone. Type in that website. Whatever you have to do, get the new app. Everything's on there. Sign up for small groups. All the information about Destiny, you can do it all on the new app. You can watch. You can, you know, you can give on there. You can watch all the sermons on there. It's just a great tool, but that's the new one, so make sure you update those um, so you can move on with us. If not, we'll be leaving you behind. You'll be like, I don't know, there's nothing happening in Destiny. It's because you're not on the right social media. You don't have the right tools, so it's out there. Um, I want to talk real quick about Heart for the House. Uh, for three weeks now, we've been receiving Heart for the House. And uh, if, for those that don't know, Heart for the House was uh, us gathering uh, and giving uh, what God put on your heart to give so that we could have a, the down payment to purchase this property. So uh, we put our, our goal at 20000 and now we are, uh, as of this week, we're over $16,000 that has come in in three weeks. I love it. And we got people giving online, people mailing in stuff. It is so good uh, what you're doing, and it's so important. Um, it's so important. So, so if God's putting it on your heart to give, look, you can give online still and just designate a heart for the house or building fund, whatever you want to do. But it is so important that you, you listen and trust God because guess what? Here, here's something really cool is that we had, uh, I sat down with uh, one of the trustees. We went and had uh, lunch uh, with, our, with our bank uh, that we've been trying to process through. And we are now under contract for this building. Come on, y'all. So uh, that's huge. Uh, that means that, that before the end of the month, we're going to be closing and this is ours. Everything has passed through. The finances are passed through. Everything's been approved. Um, so it's simply a, an appraisal, which is not going to be an issue. And then, and guys, they're going to turn over the keys and, and, and we have ourselves a church for generations. And that's because of your giving. That's because of what you have, have said. You know what? That's the vision and we're going to give to the vision of what God's doing. And because of that, generations are going to be changed. It's going to happen, and it starts right here. You get to experience it from the get-go, which is, and we've been praying for this for, poof, at least five years. Um, and now we get to finally see it happen. We get to finally see God move in a big way. So I'm excited. Um, I hope you're excited because it's going to change a lot of things. Uh, when you can call it your own, it changes a lot of things. Um, and God, God will have the freedom to do what he wants to do in this place, uh, and that's our guarantee to you. Uh, his will is going to be done in this house, whatever that means and whatever that looks like. Uh, we're going to surrender to him. So, man, let's pray, and then we're going to jump right into the message, and uh, let's just thank God for what he's doing in our house. So, Father, we love you, and we're so thankful. Thank you, Father, not only for your love and for your healing and everything you do 
in us and through us, God, we thank you for the blessings. We thank you for the favor on this house. We thank you for this church building, Father, this, this property, Lord. We thank you for favor with the banks. And I thank you for everybody that's been giving, God, for their faith to give, God, to something bigger than what they are. So, Father, we thank you for that. And we ask you to continue to bless this generation after generation, Father. God, we ask you to show up in a mighty way. And, Father, this morning, man, bless this word, God. Let it be all of you, Father God. So touch my heart. Let it be none of me, God. Let your will be done. And let it land on the ears of those that need to hear it in jesus mighty name and everybody said amen Amen. come on man this is not supposed to be a crying day this is supposed to be one of these messages where i just get to throw it at you i just get to throw it at you but it's good i'm excited we have been in this series called one um for quite a while uh, and we're going to stay in it. Uh, we, we started with one, with obviously with you and your oneness with God. So it was all about you uh, connecting with God in any way you can. And then we just started building off that. And we said, you know, what's next? It's relationships. So we talked about having unity in your relationships, inviting God into your relationships, be it anything from dating to marriage to everything. We said, involve God in that. Uh, and then we got out of that and we said, hey, it's time to show unity in the church. And what does that look like? Um, so we got into that series. So now we're right in the middle of that about what's it look like to have unity in a church uh so we started this uh, uh last week we hit part one of that of of really um talking about the vision and, and moving forward with that um and this week we're, we're, we're going to jump right back into it so i don't want to waste uh much time with this i want to go right into our our scripture verse the verse that my go-to verse for this so important it's out of first corinthians 110 1 Corinthians 1.10. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. It'll be up on the screen. It says, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another and put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. Be restored as one united body living in perfect harmony. Form a consistent choreography among yourselves, having a common perspective with shared values with shared value so this is why it's so important see that's the unity we're looking at in a church what's that supposed to look like so it says unity so that's unity with one another um, our oneness with God and then our unity and the one we have to connect with each other we have to do life together we have to be on the same page in everything we do and, and that's important we have to have oneness of mind we have to be in agreement Okay, but then it says, put to rest any division. And we talked about this last week. It's all those things that can divide a house, all those things that can divide a church. And this isn't just about church. Look, it applies to your household. This applies to you. I'm going to be talking about a church, but I'm also going to be talking about you. So what is it that you have going on in your family, in your life, in your household that's causing division? Because we, we need to put it to rest. Okay, we, we need to take action steps to put it to rest so we can move forward and be united on one page. And last week we talked about this. We said the, one of the biggest causes of division in church is lack of vision. Lack of vision. And we said, how do we get that? Too many people in church just don't know the vision of the church. They don't understand what direction you're going into. So that's where God just kind of started poking me and said, you know what? It's time to talk about the vision again. It's time to share the vision so we're all going in one direction and everybody's on the same page. We're speaking the same language. You should be recalculating that in your head and applying it to your life. What's your vision? What's your vision for your marriage? What's your vision for your work, for your school? Whatever it is, what is your vision that God gave you? And don't lose track of that because that's not leaving. God gave you that, 
Okay, so you just gotta you gotta just throw it back up there again, put it out there on the screen again, write it on the whiteboard again, put it on a sticky note, and put it on the mirror. What is your vision? And I want you to think about that as we move through this, because where there's lack of vision, people perish. That's important we understand that lack of vision, people perish. So today, and over the next few weeks, we're gonna dive into this. We're gonna share about the church, what God gave me. Um, in my heart about the vision of the church but here's the other thing uh, we hadn't done next steps which is our process for um, showing getting people plugged into the church it's about your your opportunity next step is a process where we talk to you about the vision of the church we talk to you about the the government of the church we talk to you about your spiritual gifts and passions and and your your disc profile so we look at your person who, who God made you Okay, all that's part of our next steps. And we haven't done that in a year because of COVID and everything. So what I'm doing is I'm actually infusing that into my lesson so that when we get done, you don't have to go through a three to four week process if you choose to be what we call owners at Destiny. Like we don't have members of Destiny Church. Now, banks want members and that's fine. So we'll, we'll change the name to members so they have a, a number count. But we have owners. Members, see members have rights. Okay, if you ever become a member of a golf course, you have a right. You usually get a locker, you get a parking spot. Like there's privileges to being a member. We don't have that at Destiny. When you're an owner, you have responsibilities. That's what it's about. So when, when you come on board and you say, I want to be an owner at Destiny Church, it's because you come with a responsibility. You have, you have the ability to pour into people. You have the ability uh, to, to, to love on people. You, have the, you, you should have that urge to serve and to do what God asks you to do in the church. It's a responsibility because it's no longer about us. It's about the new people walking through the door. So it's a different perspective when you look at it. You know, members are great, and we can use the term members um, loosely for whoever needs it. <laughs> but, but we're owners. We, we own this place, and we're going to own this place. We've already declared that, decreed that over this house. But you're owners of this building, okay? This is God's church, and it's your church. So we need to treat it like we own it, and that's what Next Step does. It gets you into that. So we're going to share that as we go through this. I want to jump into the vision. Uh, I'm just going to read through our vision of the church, and then we'll just cover it. Uh, we'll jump into the second part of it. So Destiny Church is a place of unrelenting love with freedom in the Holy Spirit to worship, pray, and live beyond our own potential. Where God's will, not man's, is done and his infallible word is absolute. Where a multicultural body of believers unite through Christ-centered relationships within our church and throughout the kingdom. Where reaching the lost and making disciples are priorities and no generation is overlooked or underutilized. Our outreach for Christ goes beyond the walls of the church, the lines of the city, and the borders of the nation that's our vision of destiny church that's what god gave us and he said this is who we're going to be um, so i want to share that with you and we're going to break it down we're in the second part of that where it says where god's will not man's is done in his infallible word is absolute you know and, and i'm just going to share a story about a gps because does anybody here fight with their gps so when I think about God's will, God has a plan for us. But, but when I'm dealing with a GPS, like we just got new phones and we were going out to visit my son in Augusta and it's, not, it's an easy trip. But, you know, I'm always Googling the maps and putting the maps on there to see if there's a faster way. Like, did they just pop up a new highway? Like right now, is there a faster way to get there? Because I know how to get there, but maybe maps, the Google Maps will take us there um, or the GPS will get us there faster. But, you know, my wife plugs it in and she turns hers on and I'm like, that time doesn't make sense. I'm not going to make that turn because I know the way I'm supposed to go. So I'm fighting the GPS immediately. I'm like, no, you can't know more than I know. 
just doesn't make sense. And not now you use it because it tells you where the cops are, which is pretty handy just to make sure you're in the left-hand lane when you pass them. Uh, but when you know where the cops are, where the accidents are, you know all that stuff with your GPS. But, man, you want to fight it. It says take a detour. You're like, no, 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 I can make it. And then you just stop. <laughs> and then you got to argue with the person in the other seat because you're like, no, I just didn't believe it. And they're like, it told you to get off and take a detour. Okay, so, so here's the thing. I, I share that because it's funny, but think about how God works. God has a plan for your life, and he's already built it for you, and he's asking you to, to go on a path, and we fight him all the time. We try, to, we try to induce our own thoughts and our own feelings into what God wants us to do. So it changes the direction all the time, and, and we think we know more than him. Okay, and sometimes we're not patient enough. So when you're not patient enough, you, you decide not to listen to the rules, and you do your own thing, and then you're stuck in a traffic jam. Wondering, why am I in a traffic jam? And it's because, well, you chose not to follow the directions, right? And I think about this, a good story in the Bible. If you haven't read the story of Jonah in the Bible, you'll see where... Um, Jonah is told by God to, to go to uh, Nineveh, and he's supposed to go there. And what he's supposed to do is tell them they're doing things wrong. So there's, there's the, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to their city and go tell them they're doing things wrong. So Jonah's like, no, 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 no. He, he hears the word from God. That's God's will for his life. And he says, I'm going to go get on a boat and go the other direction, and I'm going to hide. And, and what happens is he does that. Okay, I love God because God, God plays jokes on people. You know, so he does that, and, and while he's on the boat, he's on a boat with no believers. So he's the only one. So God sends a storm, <laughs> and the storm starts crashing the boat, and they get so scared they're throwing things overboard, and they're wanting to know what's going on. We're all going to die, and they find out that he worships God. And they're like, your God is doing this, which he was. <laughs> he was. He was trying to teach him a lesson. Hey, I told you to go this way. You didn't go that way. He's like, listen to me. But anyway, they find out who he believes in. He explains his God to them. Then they all start praying to God. So you can pause right there and say, even when you're out of God's will, God will use you in a situation to, to, to save people, to, to share the gospel, to, to build the kingdom of God, even when you're out of his will. Because here he is on a boat where he shouldn't be, and now people are praying to God because of him. Now, granted, they threw him overboard, and God sent a fish to swallow him up for three days which is the only time in that story he starts praying to God is when he's in the belly of a fish for three days where it's stinky, it's nasty, it's horrible. It's funny how that lines right up with our life where we usually don't seek God until we're in a spot that is stinky and nasty and horrible. And we're like, how did I get here? I went out of the will of God and now, Lord, I need you. I need all of you. Well, that's what he does. So what's God do? He says, okay, fine, I'll give you a second chance and I'm gonna send you back to Nineveh. It didn't change. It didn't change God's will for his life. He said, I wanted you to go there in the first place. So it didn't change where God sent him. He just took a detour and he went through a bunch of stuff he didn't have to go through to get to the same spot where he was going. That's how God works. All right, that's God's will in our life. So what I believe is that God has a will and here. This is God's church and God has a will for our church. And we're going to move in that direction and we're not going to waver from that. We're going to go straight to where God wants us based on the vision and based on the leadership we have and what God's speaking to us. Because I don't want to go the long way around to get to the same spot God wants for us. I'd rather go in that straight line. I think we want to turn the GPS on and just go and just listen to it. Okay, because we've been down other roads and we don't like those. <laughs> I want to go down the road that God wants us to go down. Uh, the biggest thing is when we do that, when God wants to move in our life like this, there's things that get in the way like us. We are the number one thing that gets in the way of God moving. 
not only in a church, but in your own life. God has a will and a purpose that he spoke to you in your life, and you are the number one nemesis. You're the one that comes in and says, nope, I can't do it. And you start speaking negative words over your life, and you're saying, I'm not capable of doing it. I can't do that. And what happens is you're just, you're, all you're doing is putting a blockade up and stopping God from moving in your life. All right? So, so, so we, are, we are our biggest enemies. Okay, then others. <laughs> Other people, the people around you, they're going to go against God's will. The funny part is, is we'll go to other people before we'll go to God. So when God's trying to move, some people don't like that, but they think their vision is better. So they start saying, well, you should do this and you should do that. So other people get in the way and put up blockades. And that's bad too, because you'll start listening to them. All right. So, so these are the blockades that stop the will of God from happening, not only in your life, but even in a church. Is you got to surround yourself with the right people. You got to put people in front of you and you got to ask questions to the right people who you trust that you know of the heart of God. So, so that's how it works. So this is not just about the church. This is about you. This is about your life. Who are you going to with, with questions about what's in your future? Okay, where's your priority list on that? I'd like to see your list of who you're going to and say, well, why? <laughs> well, why do you go to all those people? Sometimes we go to people because they say yes. Ah, I don't like yes people. I'd rather have someone can come tell me no and tell me a reason why than someone just to be constantly saying yes all the time, right? We need to, we need to check ourselves when we get into that. So, so what is God's will? This is important that you understand. What is the will? The will of God includes everything that God desires or wishes to happen in heaven and on earth. That's everything. Okay, Deuteronomy 29, 29 uh, from the NIV, it says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. So it says there are secret things and there are things that are revealed. So God's will, you can categorize them into secret things and things that God reveals in our life. So I want to talk about the revealed types, these two types. So revealed will of God, this is the word of God. It's in your Bible. God reveals his will for us. He gives us commandments. He gives us uh, all kinds of instructions about how to love people, how to talk, how to not gossip, how to do all these things. And he put his will in a Bible and he said, read it. This is my will for you. If you do these things, good things will happen. Okay, if you do these things, good things will happen. And then he has a hidden or, or the sovereign or, or his, his secret will of God, which is the other side, which is the fact that he rules meticulously over everything. He knows everything. He's created everything. He's worked in everything. So nothing happens outside of God's perfect will. And that's a secret sometimes because you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. A lot of us don't know what the end outcome is. I don't know where I'm going to be in 30 years and what God wants to do with me. All I can do is trust in his will, seek him every day, let him guide me, trust in him and follow his word. And if I do that, he's going to be using me in 30 years to do something. I pray it's here. (laughs) In 30 years, that'd be awesome. But Isaiah 46, 9 through 10 says, remember the former things, those of long ago, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. 
I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. So you're not going to change God's mind about what he wants to do in your life. You're either going to live in his will or out of his will. And you got to make that decision. You're like, well, that's great. Well, if if I got to live in his will, then please teach me how to get in his will. (laughs) Because I'd rather be doing that than than living against what God wants to do in my life. But here's the thing. God's going to have his way. Okay, and, 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 and if you trust that, and if you really look, uh, God will continue to have his way no matter what you do. He's just going to keep detouring you around. Think of it like this. Um, God's not going to give you every step of the playbook. God's going to build you a road. And he's going to say the road goes from A to B. And he's going to, he doesn't care if we walk on the left-hand side of the road or the right-hand side of the road or whether we're in the middle. He doesn't care if you're walking, crawling, running, sitting. He just wants you to get to B. <laughs> so he doesn't give you all those details in between. That's what you have to figure out with him. How are you going to figure that out? You've got to get in his word. You've got to read the Bible. You've got to spend time with him. You've got to have an intimate relationship with him. Pray to him. Seek him with all of your heart and say, God, well, what do you want me to do? But when you're in his will like that, he's going to guide you. He puts up guardrails. Those guardrails are what the Bible says. You know, don't do this. Don't do that. Those are all guardrails to keep you from going off the cliff. But how you maneuver down that road and how you get from A to B is completely up to you. All right. It's completely up to you. Same with the GPS, right? It's going to take you to where you want to go. It doesn't matter. Look, it might say two hours. You might get there in four days if you keep making the wrong turn. I've been completely backwards once. It's like, do a U-turn. You do a U-turn, it's like, do another one. I'm like, am I twisted? <laughs> like, what's going on? But, but we got to understand that God wants to get you back to where he wants you. So, um, and he teaches us this. So, but it's all his will. And what he asks us to do is constantly pray for that. So constantly pray for God's will to be done. It says it, look, even in, in, in the Lord's Prayer, you can even go to Matthew 6, 9 through 10. He teaches us how to pray that. It says, and this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he says, he says pray that all the time. Let God's will be done. So if you're not praying that over your life, you're, you're not even opening the door for God to come in and do stuff. You know, I've taught that before when we pray, you know, it's P-R-A-Y. You need to praise, repent, you know, ask, and then yield. Yield means submit to him and say, Lord, if it's your will. See, a lot of times we get upset because we don't get what we want, but we're not asking God's will to have that be done. We're just saying, I want this. And then when you don't get it, you're like, well, this whole God thing doesn't work. (laughs) You didn't ask for his will to be done. You didn't pray for him to come in and take over. So for the people that like to study, the Greek word for that is thelma. And the word means one, uh, what one wishes or has determined will happen. So that is, we want God to have his wish, his will, and his plans fulfilled in our life. That's how you translate that. God, I need, I need your wishes in my life. So um, it's, and it's not this. It's not, okay, God, um, this is what I want to do, so align your will with what I want. It's, God, what's your will? And I need to align my wants with your will. 
So you seek him first with all of your heart. You seek him first with everything, and he's going to start revealing things to you. That's why we're going to go through and do all kinds of spiritual gifts and all that stuff. So he reveals to you what you should be passionate about because he made you that way. And he says, just let me show you why I made you. And pretty soon you can't stop but your mind to, to guide you in the right direction because you want to do God's will. So every person in here was created with a plan and a purpose, and God has a plan for you. He's already built it out. He knows where you're going to go. It's just your job to, to obey and listen to him and seek him with all of your heart. And sometimes that's not always clear. And sometimes that's hard. That's why you've got to submit to that. You've got to say, okay, God, I, I need some wisdom in this. I need, I need some understanding in what I'm doing. So Proverbs 3, 5 and 8, 5 through 8, and this comes from the Passion. It says, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all of your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. See, when you put it in a different translation, it changes it. It says become intimately in love in a relationship with him, and he'll reveal things to you. Well, how do you do that? It's the same any other relationship. You, you, you just can't show up on Sunday, see somebody for, for two hours, and think you have a relationship doesn't work that way you've got to spend time with him every single day spend time in the word spend time in prayer seek him with all of your heart and he'll put you in the right path so submit to him and he's going to make your path straight with no detours he fixes the whole gps thing he goes let me just show you the right way and when you seek him guess what the holy spirit's going to come in and guide you See, that's the best thing, even when you read the word and, and all that, if you get confused, the Holy Spirit's with you the whole time. And he's like, just let me explain it to you. Let me guide you in this process. So it, it takes practice, and you've got to use some discernment and, and, and what God's telling you, but it can be done. Romans 12, 2 from the Amplified, it says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. That means we're going to, we got to start somewhere, so we're going to be progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on what godly, value, what godly values and ethical attitudes. So focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove your, for yourself what, is the will, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. That's a lot to take in, but the biggest thing is you need to have a renewing of your mind. You, you need to change the way you think. You need to start going, all right, Lord, I need you to, to saturate my brain. I need it to be all you and none of me. Okay, you need to renew your mind daily when you wake up and say, God, I just need you today because yesterday was a good day, but I need today to be a good day too because I've already got my own plans and I don't want to follow the GPS already because I left the house late and I ran out of gas already and I got, so the GPS is out the door. Right? But this is how we wake up with, with our walk with God sometimes. We're like, look, oh, I'm just running late, Lord. I don't have time to spend time with you. So I'm just going to skip that today. I don't have time to read my Bible. So I'm just going to move on and do what I want to do. And then the whole time we want to know why we're, you know, 
hitting the guardrails and bumping off. And it's because we're not doing what God asked us to do, which is just seek him with all of your heart. So God wants for you what is good and acceptable and perfect. But we can't be conformed to the world. And that's what gets us. I mean, think about this. Um, we all, well, not we all, but when you have kids and, and, or even when you had parents and you had somebody raise you, maybe it wasn't a parent, maybe it was a, a grandparent, but everybody has goals for their kids. You know, I, look, my son was born. I'm like, man, he's going to be in the NFL. I got it. Not knowing he was going to be 150 pounds soaking wet and staying 5'11". I'm like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> but my goal at the time was, this is what I think is best for you. And why? Man, because, man, you could be famous and make money. This is going to be great. And you're going to be set and not have to worry about anything. And a lot of times we, we think about these things for our kids and we say, this is what's best for you. This is, what's, this is what's best for you. So, man, I want you to be a doctor and a lawyer and all these things. Why? Because we want you to be more comfortable than we were, which is exactly opposite of what God wants. God says, I've already made him. I've put, I put it in your kids. I already know what they're going to be. If you surrender that to me, you'll see it. And it doesn't mean they won't be an NFL player or a basketball player. It doesn't mean they won't be a doctor or a lawyer. It means that when they're doing it, it's in God's will. Therefore, they're going to be recognizing and honoring him in everything they do. And the purpose is to honor him, not to do what they want to do. So it's, it's a shift. But that's what we put on our, you know, I don't know about you, but that's what was put on me, you know just the way it was and I remember looking at my kids going you can't do that like how, how are you going to move out of the house if that's what you're doing <laughs> and then once they're all gone you're like I wish you were doing that you'd be back in the house that's how it works so so we need to definitely seek God uh, God's will on it. specific situations decisions anything that's big anything that's coming up seek him first um, and surrender to him and I promise you this, that we will be a church that is consistently seeking God's will in everything we do. We're going to be seeking him. We're going, we're going to be in alignment with him. And that's why we have prayer nights. And that's why we spend time fasting and praying all the time. Because we want to make sure we never jump off the road. We want to stay, we want to stay on the road doing what's right. And, and we do that because we have a system in place so this is where we get kind of into that next steps program this is the information you get when you go through next steps i want to talk a little bit about our church government and how we operate see we are a non-denominational church okay so we don't fall under um a whole nother organization that can tell us what to do and can change pastors and all that stuff we don't we fall we have our own bylaws we're non-denominational um, we fall under the scripture, so we have an apostle. So Brother Bo Barton from Mexico is the apostle of this church. Not only the apostle, it's not like he's an almighty person. He's my spiritual father. And I talk to him every single week, and he prays for me, and, and he prays for my kids, and I pray for his kids, and we do life together. It, it, it's not this hierarchy where you can't touch the person. And when he comes back here, because he'll be coming back again this year, for he'll be in the area for several months, guess what? We'll be back to praying together every week. I mean, that's what we did when he was here. We were praying together. We were eating dinner together. We are doing life together. That's my leadership. But I also know I trust him with all of my heart because I know how he seeks God. I know what he puts into that. I know how much he surrenders to him. So he's the apostle. So, but what's that give him? What authority does that give him? Not a whole bunch, <laughs> other than the fact that he hears from God, and he can come in and tell me, hey, this is what God really spoke to me about you. You have a choice to make. 
He goes, you can either do it or not, but you need to pray about it. And because after him, uh, you have me, obviously, I'm the senior pastor, but we have a group of elders. So we have four elders in our church and elders are chosen by their spiritual, uh, what, what they bring to the table spiritually, their relationship with God. Okay, and those elders are Jim Ward, uh, James Gaiman, Ginger Taylor, and Ron Trahan. Okay, so what we've done is we have, we have taken them, we brought them to the table and said, when God's speaking to me, I need to make sure I'm going to people going, this is what God's telling me. Like, what do y'all think? Y'all praying all the time with us. And then we include Bo in that. We're like, all right, what do you think? So, so we are talking about everything. Okay, so, so we have what we call a board of elders, which would be a Bo, Bo, myself, those four. And then when we're making big decisions, we pull the trustees up. So we have three trustees right now. And the trustees, they represent uh, and they, they help manage the finances of the church. They actually, if you break the, I'm going to get nerdy on you in a second because I'm a money guy and I don't want to get nerdy on you. If you take the budget and you break it down, they get 35% of that goes to operating and having a facility. So their job is to manage that 35%. That's what they do. Okay, I submit a budget to the trustees. They approve that. They look at it. They, they ask questions. And when they think that the budget's balanced and we're good to go, then, then I can move forward with that. The other 65% ties in everything we do in ministry, everything we do with, with everything. <laughs> okay, it's anything but this. And so once they approve the budget, I can go in and just operate out of a budget. So you know, there's things we don't have to ask for, but anything that's not in the budget, I gotta go back to the trustees and say, this is not in the budget. What do you guys think? Okay, I tell you all this because you need to understand how we operate. The trustees are uh, Ken Edwards. We got Gene Canavan and Billy Barton. So um, come on. We can clap for that's our whole board. So that's God has revealed them to us. God has put them in front of us. God has made this his plan. And we've allowed this to operate up to this point. Even is you need to understand this. Isn't it nice to know that I can't wake up tomorrow and go, you know what? I just want to sell the church. I can't make decisions like that. Like, like, like God speaks to me. I can just take it to the board and go, hey, guys, this is what God's telling me. And then we all talk about it and we pray about it and we throw it on the table and we figure things out. Okay, so that's just how it works. Like there is no, there, there, there is no like this person is almighty and they can do everything they want. We're not built, this is your church. I'm a vessel, I'm, a, I'm being used in the church by God, but it's your church. This church is owned by everybody in this congregation. Okay, so we get to make decisions as, you know, and we put those people in positions to help make those decisions. And we try to keep you informed on that. So, so that's the church leadership. And there's several verses in the Bible that talk about why we do this. And this is so important because you need to have these in your own life. You should not be doing anything in your life that is uh, um, making decisions without seeking counsel. And, and if I go back, I, I told you that the spiritual side, look, they're all spiritual. We don't, put a, we don't put trustees in position. It's not just because they know money. They know money, but they're also spiritual. That's the biggest thing. I don't care if you're the, the biggest brainchild of money ever. If you don't seek God, then you can't be a trustee. <laughs> like, I need you on board because we make financial decisions that require spiritual decisions. This is not a business. It is. There's two levels to a church, but we won't get into that. Uh, but, but basically, we're not in this for the, for the financial aspect. We're in this to seek God and allow him to come in and operate in the best way he can. But, so everything is spiritually driven. So, and this is what it says in Proverbs 12, 15. It says, the way of the fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So you, you need to seek advice. That's why you can't put one person in charge of everything. 
It says Proverbs eleven fourteen. For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. I'm just going to zip through them because I want to show you what the Bible says about this. Uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. See, we, have, we should have a plan. We're, we're you know we're getting ready to buy this church. That took a whole bunch. That took a lot of people praying, a lot of people coming together, us going back and forth with trustees, having meetings. And this wasn't a, hey, DJ, you go talk to the bank and make it all work and we're good. Most of the time it's me calling them saying, what do we do? <laughs> like, like this, is, this is way above where we need to be. So um, Proverbs 19, 20 through 21 says, get all the advice and instruction you can so you'll be wise the rest of your life. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You can try to plan everything out, but God's purpose is going to prevail. And then James 1, 5 through 8 says, If you need wisdom, ask your generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Yeah, that's, that's deep. <laughs> that's really deep right there. It says, put your faith in God, not man. God's will, not man's will. Because the Bible says if you're wavering back and forth, it says you will not receive anything from the Lord. Let that one sink in. <laughs> Like, wow, like, God, I want all of you. Like, you show me the way, because if I'm jumping back and forth from what the world wants and what God wants, I could be praying for all kinds of stuff, and it's not going to happen. I need to be submitted to him and what he wants. So as a church, we're not going to (laughs) waver. We will not waver. We're going to stick to what God tells us to do. I'll tell you this. God gives me a vision. So I I just explained to you the entire, um, you know, government of our church, if you want to put it that way. But what I love about the people is that we're a family. Everybody in those positions, we're a family, and they understand that, that if I'm hearing from God, we're going to talk about that because that's important. Because I'll tell you this, if you have a pastor that's not hearing from God, he doesn't need to be up here. Okay, so, so when I come to them, I'm saying, this is what God told me. This is the vision I have. And then I have to explain it, just like anything else. You know, I have to explain it, and we have to pray about it and put it out there because I want it to be God's will for the church. So, so that's why it's so important that, that we do this. So, um, so anyway, we're not going to waver as a church. And God's going to have his will in this house. He's going to have it with you too. And what you need to understand is uh, we each have, every one of us have spiritual gifts and callings in our life. And what we do in, in next steps is we take a spiritual gift test. Okay? And that's important because you could, take, you could have some spiritual gifts and then a couple years later you'll have more. Because God, when, when, you, when you're working with these, God opens up doors for you. And all of a sudden, you'll start getting other spiritual gifts. And then you'll have manifestation gifts where God will use you for a moment. All right, so we do that in Next Step. So what I'm going to do is on the 28th uh, of this month, which is the last you know, Sunday of the month after church, right afterwards, we'll provide food. If you want to stay, I'm going to give a spiritual gifts test. I'm going to give a personality profile test. We're going to go through that so that you can get a fresh eye opening of how are you wired? Why did God make you the way he made you? So you don't have to come in. Like I said, this is usually a four week process. We're going to do it at the end of the month. Stay right after church. We'll bring some food. We'll take the test. And then after that, you can decide, hey, is this, do I want to call Destiny Church home? So that'll be your, that, that your decision after that. 
Um, but after you eat the food and stuff, it's just kind of tattooed on you. You're, that's just how we work, you know. We can't eat the food and leave. No. <laughs> But we do that because I want to, once you know your gifts and your callings, that allows us to work with you. That allows us to help usher in the spirit and steer you in the right direction so you're doing God's will. See, that's what, that's what we're gifted in. So we have that ability to look at stuff and go, man, if you want to be used by God, for, by God and for God, then let me show you some ways you can do that. Okay, so we're going to take all that information and help you out. Um, what I love is that, uh, you know, God will give you several gifts, but it'll only give you one calling. Okay, and God's calling in your life will never change. And a lot of times it takes us a while to get there. It took me 30 some years to figure out the calling God had in my life. And the good part is it doesn't matter what you do in your life, how much you mess up, how, mu- how many times you trip and fall, how many times you jump off the road, his calling never changes. He says, I still have a calling for you and I'm just waiting on you to get everything right. Let's get this thing together because I built you for a reason. So I don't care what you've been through, what you've gone through. Uh, It doesn't matter what you've been through in your life, in your ministry, whatever it is, you are not disqualified. Okay, he says, I'm still gonna use you because that's why I created you. If you'll just submit to me and seek me first, he's ready. He's just ready to start steering you and directing you and getting you in the right direction. So, um. So this is opposite. Like I said, our, our, our vision says we're going to do God's will, not man's. Well, what's man's will? Everything else. <laughs> Everything outside of God's will is man's will. Uh, we, have, we have a tendency to want to do what we want to do, live where we want to live, work where we want to work, based on the world, based on how much does this pay, how much does that pay, what can I do? And, and that's where God says, no, I, I don't want to deal with that. So we need to understand that, that you can, look, you, you can literally take a job, that is a great offer job and do it in the will of God. Pray about it, seek it the right way with the right heart and you can have that job and make all kinds of money. I'm not saying that, that the worldly issue, like I'm not worried about that. I, God wants you to be wealthy and wise. He really does. But he wants you to do it with the right heart and the right spirit and the right motive behind it, which is to seek him and trust him. So yeah, God's gonna use your mistakes for ministry, trust me. <laughs> Because like I said, what the, what the devil meant for evil, God's going to use for the good. So it doesn't matter what you've been through and all that stuff. You know, if you want the scripture for that, it's Romans eleven twenty nine. It says, for God's gifts, um, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. So it says right there that you, you will not lose your calling. Just a lot of you just need to decide what that is. And you need to seek him and say, what, what is my calling? Because it, it's never going to change. So the sooner you figure out what your calling is, man, the, the more you can operate in that. So my last point we're going to talk about and finish up is God's infallible word is absolute. That's the last part of that. So, so God's will, not man's, and God's infallible word is absolute. So God's never failing, always effective word is not comparative to anything. It stands alone. And that's what we believe as a church, that God's word stands alone. You can't sway it. You can't move it. You can't turn it. You can't delete part of it. <laughs> his word so it's absolute it's unrestricted it's final and we're not going to go as a church we're not going to go against his word and neither should you in your walk you should say you know what this is what somebody wants me to do take it to the word of god if the word of god backs it up then do it if it doesn't then don't (laughs) okay um so the word of god you know for for most of us the word of god is the bible 
Okay, you have access to the Word of God all the time. Pick it up, read it. Okay, I, I use this all the time, right? Read the Bible, do what it says. <laughs> now that'll preach. <laughs> I think I've used it a lot. Read the Bible, do what it says. But Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen says, "All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work." So, if you want to know how you should react, how you should respond to anything, read your Bible. And I, and I understand there's Google, there's there's all kinds of Bible apps. Yes, it makes it easy now. It makes it a lot easier than trying to memorize the Bible and figure out where you highlighted that thing. <laughs> So I'm not saying you can't go to Google and say, hey, what's the Bible say about this? That works. But get get familiar with your Bible. Understand, you know, where to find stuff in it and how to use it. Um, I love the fact that it's God breathed. He breathed it into life. He He put it into people to write it down. So, so you're like, yeah, but man wrote that. No, man wrote that because God breathed into them and told them to. So they, they wrote down what he gave them. Okay. And what you don't understand in there, allow the Holy Spirit to move you and change you and and direct you. I'm telling you, you could read the same verse 25, 30 times, 50 times. He's going to give you a different answer every time. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit. And that's what I love about God's word. So John 16, 13 through 14, it says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and make it known to you. That's Jesus speaking. He says the Holy Spirit's coming. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. And the Holy Spirit's going to do all those things. He's going to guide us in the Bible. And he guides us because we want the Bible to give us wisdom. We want to be smart. We need to seek counsel. This is a good spot to start. There are so many people that will that will need to seek counsel and what they'll do is they'll go to people first and ask opinions from friends and co-workers before they'll go to the Bible or even spend time in prayer and ask God what he wants. And that's where we get in trouble because everybody else says, oh no, go do this. And then they start doing it because now you have peer pressure and all that stuff going on. He says, your priorities are wrong. I need you to seek me first. I need you to find me first. See, Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And if you've ever been to my house at night, it's dark. <laughs> and last night I had to walk out to my barn to get something, and I don't take a flashlight. I just walk. And it's woods and all kinds of stuff, and the trip <laughs> happens a lot. <laughs> I didn't say I was smart. I just said uh, I could wear a headlamp or whatever. I couldn't find my headlamp last night, so I said I'll just walk out there. But 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 when you, if you do use a headlamp, what happens? It lights everything up, and that's God's word. That's how it should drive us in our life. There should be no darkness. You should be able to see everything. His word is there to guide you, to direct you, to steer you. It's to be the light. And here's the thing, if you're reading the Bible, so that's one way to get his word. Another way to get his word um, is to get it from somebody else. You know, there are people that God will speak to and they will prophesy to you. You know, Kevin did a great job teaching uh, Tuesday at the table this last time and was teaching people how to 
prophesy and how to pray over each other and phenomenal and if you want part that's the teaching we do in the midweek service so you're not going to get that on a sunday but man you come out in a midweek service and you get to dive into all that stuff and you get to you get to try it like and you're like oh that worked <laughs> yeah because uh, that's what it's there for so so people will prophesy into you and i know uh you know he wants to speak through people uh i remember you know that's how brother Bo is in my life so he will call me all the time and say hey this is what god told me and I remember about two Decembers ago, so it was before coronavirus. I remember this because this is the first time that I've dealt with this, where somebody calls you and they give you a word and you know you don't know what to do with it. Because <laughs> he was like, hey, uh, God's telling me you need to go to one service. And I was like, Bo, you're in Mexico and I'm at Destiny Church and we have 300 and some old people showing up on a weekend and we can only fit 270 in the sanctuary. Like if you look at some of his videos down there, you can cram anybody in the church all you want. There's no fire codes, there's nothing. And I was like, and you want me to go one service, let alone the fact we didn't even own the parking lot yet. So we didn't have all the extra land. He's like, you need to go one service. So I prayed <laughs> and I said, no. <laughs> and I said, we can't. And he was like, okay. And three months later, coronavirus hit and we were at one service. And I called him back and I said, you were wrong, <laughs> but you were right. I said, what you saw was us being at one service and you said, figure out how to do it. Figure out how to make one service work. That was God speaking through him. Okay, so it didn't mean shut down and go to one service. He just said, be prepared. You're gonna have to go to one service. And you know what happened from that moment on? God spoke to us about getting all the online equipment, right? So God worked through the church to get somebody to donate for that. And we got all the online quit equipment right before coronavirus. So we weren't behind. We could go online and stream our services. That was set up by God prior to the parking lot was purchased. Come on. Hey, that's how good God is when you're in his will and you're listening to what he wants to do. He's going to guide you along the way. He said, buy the property. I don't know how we're going to do that. Ask the church to give and we'll go buy the property because if we go to one service, you're going to need parking. <laughs> And guess what? He provided, and we bought the parking lot. Okay, so, so and, and, and this whole thing was this vision that he gave me, the actual vision of what this, this building and this campus is going to look like later on down the road, and that was a big chunk of it that wasn't there because I couldn't see it physically. There was trees everywhere. <laughs> but once it was gone, I was like, wow, Lord, that was good. Like you just, so, so that's how he works. When you're in his will, he's going to guide you and lead you and direct you, and all you have to do is obey and it doesn't mean every time somebody prophesies over you that it's coming true today. It means that he spoke it and it's gonna come. He spoke it, it will come. So, so you need to stick that out. You need to say, you know what? You need to be at rest, be at peace, see God and just let it work out. You know, if you're trusting him and allowing him to guide you and lead you in your life, man, you're in good hands. And what it says about that, it says in 2 Peter 1, 29 through 21, it says, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable and you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets though human spoke from God as they were carried 
along by the Holy Spirit. So what I say is you're going to have people come up and prophesy over you, and you might not know them. Well, you need to pray about that. Okay, that, that stuff. But if you know them and you know their walk and you understand what they do, man, you need to listen. Because God puts people like that in a church. Um, we call them watchers on the wall. Uh, and they are up there because they're going to hear what's happening in the future. And they're going to give us a heads up. And they're going to say, I see something coming just like Bo is. That's, that's how Bo operates in the apostolic. You know, um, when I say he's an apostle, what that means is he goes out and he starts churches. <laughs> that's his calling. His calling is to go in and listen to God. God will tell him where to go and how to plant a church. That's what apostles do. If you read through the Apostle Paul and all the churches he long, you know, you can just go back in the Bible and read all that stuff. So, so that, that's what he did. God sent him to do what he's done. And because he obeyed God, we're still here today. And then it just trickled downhill after that. And everybody else had to get in line and say, okay, I trust and I obey and I read my word and I pray. And when you see all that happening, this is what you start seeing is God moving in a mighty way. So as a church, um, we will continue to, to get into an alignment with what God's will is. We're going to listen to him. We're going to teach what his will is. We're going to focus on the word. We're going to teach the word. Uh, we're we're going to dive into it and we're going to strive to be closer to God than we've ever been. And it comes with all those things we do. When I say we're fasting and we're praying, you know, and we're, man, we're, we're reading our Bibles. We're doing fellowship together. We're doing life together. This is a family. That's the vision of this. This is, this is you can come to anybody in this building. You don't need to come to me. And they're going to love on you. And they're, they're going to they're gonna walk with you. They're going to walk beside you. It's a family. That's what we are. Okay, and that's what God's called us to be. And we're going to continue to do that. Why? Because Destiny Church is a place of unrelenting love with freedom in the Holy Spirit to worship, pray, and live beyond our own potential where God's will, not man's, is done. And his infallible word is absolute. Amen? Did y'all get something out of this today? Come on. God's good. Like I said, this might be about the vision of the church, but it's about a vision in your life. It's about you applying this to everything you do. It's about you applying this to the decisions you make. It's about a personal walk. So I want to pray with you today. So if you could, everybody just bow your heads. Oh, Father, we love you. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your comfort. We thank you, Father, that we get to sit here and worship you today. We thank you for your safety. We thank you for your provision. And, Lord, I ask you to look at every heart, every mind in this house right now, Lord. Search their hearts. Whatever they're dealing with, whatever they're struggling with, God, I ask you to bring peace and comfort to them. Love on them like you've never loved before. Father, teach us. Teach us how to trust in you. Teach us how to trust in your word, God. Teach us how to put you first in our lives and to seek you beyond all others. Father, teach us to seek counsel, Lord. To, to seek spiritual counsel. Father, just allow us to listen to your voice and make wise decisions, God. I want to make decisions based on the word and not the world. So God, I ask you to, to, to bring that to light with us, Lord. Father, allow us to be influenced by you and not what people think. And Father, we pray right now that your word is absolute. It is final in this place. What you say will happen. Father, you see their hearts. You know what's going on in their lives. So Father, I speak the same thing 
over them and their situations, God, no matter what it is, be it a family relation or a financial situation, whatever that is, God, I ask you to just show up in a mighty way and do what only you can do. Father, we just love you. And we thank you. You know, the second thing I want to pray for are those that you need to start with that personal relationship with God. You need to start there because that's where it starts. You have to have that oneness with him. You've got to welcome him into your heart, welcome him into your life. For some of you, you might have done that a long time ago, but you've kind of got into the world and said, you know what, I've kind of lost track of that. So, so I want to give everybody an opportunity to, to renew that commitment. Maybe it's the first time, first time in a long time, just to re-spark that and get that fire burning in your heart for who he is and what he wants to do in your life. And the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it starts in your heart. It starts with that belief that of who he is and what he wants to do in your life and what he's already done for you. Because here's the thing, you need to understand the price of sin is death. The price of sin is death. And somebody has to pay that price. And Jesus died on the cross for you. He paid the price for you if you will accept it but it's up to you to accept that. If not, you're going to have to pay the price of your own sin. And I don't want to deal with that. So we're going to say this prayer together as a church. Um, just repeat after us. Say, Jesus, I need you. I kept you out of my life for too long. I can't do it on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. I know you died on the cross and you rose again just for me. Today, I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. I know we had people online say that for the first time. People in here say that for the first time. Look, God loves you. He, we, we, wanna, we want you to let us know if you said that prayer for the first time or first time in a long time. Fill out a connect card. Let us know. We have resources for you. We want to reach out to you. Uh, and yeah, let us know or we can't. So I love you guys. I'm going to turn it over to Kevin and I'll see you all next week. All right. Amen. I think you're done a little early. I'm going to preach for about 10 minutes. <laughs> Hey, I get the pleasure of, you know, here at Destiny Church, this is the time where we do offering, and I get the pleasure of doing this. A lot of people don't really like talking about offering. They get all weirded out. I love it because I'm weird. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, I love talking about God. I love talking about God's favor and just the principles that God gives us in his word about giving is amazing. Uh, but I want to show you guys something, if that's okay, this morning. I want to before we pray for our offering, I, I want to, I just like visuals. I'm, I'm like a visual guy, and I really love visuals. So uh, if you guys bear with me a moment, you know, while I was praying over there, uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing me some stuff. So uh, if you guys bear with me, um, teens, if y'all can come up here real quick, Weston and Danielle and Isaiah and Jordan, come over here from the back. Jordan's helping in the back. Jordan, come over here. Yeah, you guys come up here on stage real quick. Right, James, TJ, if y'all want to join us on stage, that'd be awesome if you guys want to. Don't have to, but if you want to, that'd be great. You guys stand over here. Stand over here. All right.
right there, right there. Social distance, it says. Ensley, yes, I, was, I meant to call you Ensley. I'm glad you're here. All right. So, while Pastor DJ was saying, right, that this is going to be here for a long time and and that this is something, <clears throat> don't cry, Kevin, don't cry. I'm trying. This is going to outlast us. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, when you give to God, it's, it's for them. It's for the next generation. It's for, it is for us, but it's for them. We give so that, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now, they're preaching, they're leading worship, they're telling the next generation that, you know, 50 years ago, there was this, <laughs> there was this white man named DJ, the big beard, <laughs> and this crazy Mexican kid named Kevin, and and they trusted God, and there was these people that loved Jesus, and they came together because they believed in something bigger than themselves. They believed that God could move, and that God could create a place that didn't care about color and, and you know and this and that and a race. You know, they believed in a people that just loved Jesus and would come together to worship. And so when you give, just remember that you're not giving, you know, just for us to have an awesome church. You're giving so that this church would outlast us and that God's will would continue even after we're dead and gone. It will continue and it will live through them. And God will use them and transform them and transform our next generations. Y'all give them a hand. Oh, man. I was trying my hardest not to cry. Oh, it's hard. Uh, it's just hard because I see what God's doing in their lives, and I see what God is, how he's moving in them, and I just love them. All right. If y'all can go ahead and stand to your feet. Oh, thank you, Father, just for an amazing day. We're going to go ahead and pray for our offering, and uh, you can give your offering online. You can text it. The text to give is really, really awesome and really easy. Uh, so once you set it up the first time, it's just really, really quick. Uh, so I encourage you to look into that, download the app. You can give at the door. Um, but I just want to pray. So if you would just close your eyes and, and just pray with me. Father, thank you. God, thank you that you are just creating, Father. <laughs> Oh, Father, I thank you for your revelation. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness, God. Father, when you spoke, God, and you said, let there be light, and your word, who is Jesus, went and made light, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that you are still creating to this day, Jesus. I thank you for what you're creating in Destiny Church. I thank you for what you're creating in the hearts of all of those here present and the families represented here and online, God. I thank you that you are good and you are faithful, God. God, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for the new generation and the, the now generation, God, that you are building these young men and women up, God. You're building our, our kids, God. You're building them up. Father, I thank you, God. 
And this morning, God, we choose to give to you and we choose to give to something that's going to outlast us, God. We choose to pass the baton, God. We choose to have this generation and be built up, God, and, and just be so full of you, Father. God, we thank you this morning. We thank you that we get to give, that we get to have church, that we get to be a family of believers that love one another, God. I thank you, and I bless every family represented here today. God, I bless them in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would bless them physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, God. I ask that you would bless your people, Father, that they would bring you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you guys. I hope to see you next week. Also, don't forget our prayer partners will be up here in the front if you need prayer for anything. Love you guys.